This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Okay, here we go, guys. I know, seriously, right? All right, Parshas Vayetze. Parshas Vayetze, here's where we're going to go with. We have Paraklav Ches, Pesach Tessayin, and I'm sorry, I'm going to apologize in the beginning. I am going to be going fast tonight, okay? So we're going to go as fast as we can. We've got a lot to do over here. Plus, it says, Yaakov got up from his sleep, and he said, Now I know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in this place, and I had absolutely no idea before this. So our Shbam says that every time the word Achein appears in Tanakh, it means Achein. But this is so. This is a holy place. It's not what he originally thought, but rather it's the following. This is what it is. While Ksava Kabbalah says it means it is true, just like the word Chain. Chain Benosafad Dovros. The Benosafad spoke true when they said that the law should be that they should get something. The Bear Mind Chaim says, how did he know, Yaakov Yinu know, that his dreams were true? Maybe this is a fake dream. Maybe it was just a dream with Dvaran Batalim like somebody normally has. How did he know this is a true dream? So the Bear Mind Chaim says, because when he woke up, he was a little bit afraid. It wasn't a scare where he was scared of something. He was in awe of what he had just seen. When a person wakes up and sees something in awe of what was going on before that, that is a dream that we know is 100% true. That we know is going to be through a form of nevuah. That's the idea behind it. So that's number one. That's the Be'er Ma'im Chaim, how he says it over there. Then it seems says that Yaakov knew the nevuah and not a dream because in normal dreams there are Dvarim Betelin. Dvarim Betelin means there's something going on in the dream that you cannot understand. It has nothing to do with the original interpretation of the dream. It's just something that's added on that's something a, ver- a little bit strange. Then it says when he woke up, he realized the entire dream was true. There was not one part of it that had a double bottle. And when he realized that, that not one thing was a double bottle, that every part of it meant something, that's when he knew, ah, oh, this is a real nevuah, this is not a dream. That's how he knew. Rabbi Yudah Saad, the Maria Saad, says he knew it was from Hashem because he woke up with a full pusik in his mouth. I don't know if anybody's ever had this. When you wake up with a pusik in your mouth or a gemara in your mouth or something like that, that's a form of nevuah kitana, says the gemara. Here he had more more than that. He had more. He woke up and he said, This wasn't a conscious thought that he put into his mind when he woke up, says the Maria Sad. It's something that came to him at the moment, and that's how he knew that Akadosh Baruch was truly with him, because this wasn't something that he thought about. His subconscious was making him say, That's what Maria Sad puts in the Chanukah Satira, says this has to have been a Nevoa, because typically dreams go after what a person dreams about during the day. The Gemara Brachel says, the round Daphne. Bays. I didn't look it up. It's the, the elephant and the needle thing that you never dream about an elephant going through the eye of a needle because you never think about that during the day. So it'll never happen. Even if I tell you right now an elephant's going through the eye of a needle, people don't imagine such a thing. So it doesn't matter to them. They don't think about such a thing as being something real. Yaakov Avinu had never thought about this place. Anochi lo yadati. I'd never thought about this before. And therefore we know that this is a nevuah. It's a nevuah because it's not something that I would have thought about. Those are the four reasons why we say that it's possible that this is considered a real nevuah, not just a regular dream. My Yamashal Torah says this tells you how special Yaakovina was. He didn't wake up and think, oh, this is awesome. I just had a dream from Hashem. I'm awesome. His first thought was, how did I not realize that a Kaddish Baruch Hu was here? I wish I would have realized it before and I wish I would have gotten in a better way. That's the first thing. How could you do something better? The thought process of a tzaddik is not about, wow, look how awesome I am. It's what can I do better for next time? The first thing he does is he hurts himself, hits himself and says, how did I just do that? How did I just fall asleep there? That that's the sign of a true tzaddik, says Mayan Shal Torah, something that's out there as opposed to just praising himself and clapping himself in the back for doing what he just did. Rashi asks, who cares, right? Who cares that he now knew that Hashem was there? I didn't know, and now I know. What's the difference? What does that mean for us? What's the, the shot behind that? Says Rashi, 
he answers that if Yaakov knew that Hashem was in this place when he first got there, he would never have slept there. You don't sleep in a holy spot. We know you're not supposed to sleep in shoals, neither Ashina Sarai nor Ashina Skeva. It's not an Isser to sleep in a shoal, but nonetheless, something that's not done. In the Gemara in Sukkah, Chav Chasim and Aleph, it says the praises of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and his Rabbi Hillel, the praises include that they never slept Ashina Sarai or Ashina Skeva inside, inside of basic Knesset. Not only that, but in Megillah, when it mentions all the different rabbis, quite a few of them had that idea that they didn't sleep Ashina Sarai or Ashina Skeva in a base Medrash or basic Knesset. And that's a Milo, not to sleep in a shoal or a base Medrash at all, to never have use it as, a, as something that's good for you, but rather to spend there your time and to use it wisely, etc. That's the idea of what Rashi says. Rashi's telling you that in that place, I never would have slept. It was too holy for that. Redak says he was afraid he didn't treat it with enough reverence. After all, when we sleep, obviously our hands can touch places that we don't mean to touch. That's something that we wash our hands for. We do all until Zidayim in the morning, according to one of the reasons that's brought down by the Rishonim, because we might have touched something that we shouldn't have touched. There's not enough reverence when I sleep. I don't know what might have happened when I sleep. And that's why he was worried. He was mamish worried. What could I have done? What did I do? What did I possibly do wrong here? The Grizz, the Briskarov, says there's a din of Mora B'Mikdash, of fear in the B'Mikdash itself. From these words, how awesome is this place? Says the Grizz, the halacha of Mora B'Mikdash, of fear in the Beis HaMikdash, applies even when there's no Beis HaMikdash there. The Chiddush of the Briskarov, that even if there's no Beis HaMikdash, we don't mean the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, so therefore the Kedusha is retained even later. That's an idea called Kedusha Rishona Kedusha This is another din. The idea behind it is, is that the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash, the area of the Beis HaMikdash was going to be in still had Kedusha even before the Beis HaMikdush was there. There's something special there. That the idea that he understood from this Pusik is just this. Yaakov had a Mare Nevuah here. He saw that there was something, and he was upset that he might have done something wrong in such a Makom Kadosh. From here, says the Grizz, it shows that such a place has a, a, the Makom HaMikdush, even without the Beis HaMikdush, has a Kedusha, even without Kedusha Rishon HaKedusha That's the idea behind it, and he was afraid that he received it badly. That's an idea that the Grizz brings down. The all Aryeh says he was a little afraid, right, that it wasn't a full Nevuas MS. A Nevuah MS is when you go into a stupor because of the Nevuah. It's rare to find a person who goes to sleep and sees a real Nevuah while he's sleeping stam, without anything going before him. Usually it's at a Kaddish Baruch who wants him to have a nevuah, so he allows him to go to sleep in such a way where he gets that nevuah. Says the way that Ol Aryeh says it, here he was afraid maybe there was a little bit of an Avera involved, and therefore it wasn't the full nevuah that he could have gotten, and therefore he was worried about that. Maybe not everything was going the way that he wanted over there. Dayela Sashachar points out that the Avos did not keep mitzvahs that they were not commanded in before they got to Eretz Yisrael or before they were fully Klal Yisrael. Again, remember, we have issues with Yaakov Avinu marrying two sisters. But one of the answers that's given by him marrying two sisters is that, listen, they kept mitzvahs that they could do and they didn't keep mitzvahs they couldn't do. We have the Ramban saying he wasn't in Eretz Yisrael at the time. We have other Rishonim that give different answers to Panach Raza regarding the fact that they weren't really sisters or something else. And there's tons of answers for that question. But it boils down to if they're not commanded in it yet, and this is an important point. You're not commanding them in it yet. You didn't need to keep it in the same way. There was no chiyuv to keep the mitzvah in the same vein if they weren't commanded yet. Says Shachar, this should not have been a big problem. From to sleep in a makom kadosh before the base mixtures was there, why would he have to worry about more of a mikdash before the base mixtures was there? So although the Greece says there is a din of more of a mikdash before the base mixtures around, says Shachar, says Rosh I don't understand why there would be. It's something that Yaakov didn't have to accept upon himself. If he felt that he wasn't going to get it, there's no reason for him to have that. That's the idea behind it. We'll get to that in a second. The Mario Diskin says, 
He says it's a little bit more than that. He was upset that he had slept in such a place that the kedusha of the area would have allowed him to get a bigger nevuah while awake. And that, although that's similar to what the Grizz says, or similar to what Rashi and the Redak say, it's something a little bit special. He realized, if I didn't fall asleep, this place is so awesome, I would have gotten the nevuah anyway. So why did I fall asleep? I should have gotten it any other way. The truth is, that's also brought down by Rav Kook. Rav Kook brings it down in the Sefer Tzor. Well, it's brought from Rav Kook in the Tzor Lateva. This dream only came to him through a dream as a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He could have gotten it through learning in Avodah Hashem. What did he need to do it through this for? Why did it have to be this way? It could have been through any other way. Why did it have to be through this? The same thing is said by the Orachayim HaKadosh. He had an epiphany and he said, had I known how awesome and Kadosh this place is going to be, I would have done something completely different. I would not have gotten it through sleep. I would have made sure that my Nebuah comes in some other way. They're all saying the same basic idea of what happens over there. Now, there are other, other, there are other Achronim that seem to say something different. Yaakovino had been learning for 77 years of his life. I mean, even when he left his father's house at the age of 63, he went to learn for 14 years straight in Yeshiva Shem Ever and did not sleep at night. For 77 years, he's been in Kulo Torah. There's been nothing else in his life. For the next seven years, obviously, for almost the next 20 years, he's working as well as getting married and getting involved in Olam Hazet. But for 77 years, he had this. I want you to picture this, okay? Sometimes we don't realize how much better we would have been until after we're through it. Yaakovina was living an awesome life. The 77 years of learning under Avram Avinu at first, and then Yitzchak Avinu second, and then Shane the Aver third. Again, first 15 years of his life with Avram Avinu, and then the next until he was 63 with his father Yitzchak. And the next 14 years of Yeshiva Shame the Aver, Yeshiva Shame, Aver, uh, Yeshiva's Aver, I think Shame has already passed away. But during that time, he had been learning with the greatest Chachamim, with the greatest, greatest Mora de Asras that you could possibly have. He's sitting there learning everything he needed to know, whether it came to Taurus Chutzlarts that Aver taught him, whether it came to the actual Torah that Avram Yitzchak taught him. He had the best Rebbeim that anybody could ever imagine. Here's the Pshat, though, and this is awesome. Only after he got the Nevuah dream did he look at himself and say, oh my gosh, that's what I was missing? Nevuah's awesome! How did I not have this before? He said, I knew that a Kurdish Baruch was awesome, and I knew the Torah was great, and I knew learning was awesome. But I had no idea what Nebuah does to a person, how awesome Nebuah is for a person. That's the pshat, he says, by what happens over here, and this happens to everyone. Every single one of us have this, where we think like we're living awesome and things are great, and then all of a sudden something happens, we're like, whoa, I had absolutely no idea things could be this good. I had no idea things could become that much better. That's the idea behind it. The Panim Yafos says very similarly, when a Kaddish Baruch Hu said to Moshe to, about the Avos, who Shmi Hashem Lonodati Bahem, I never told them about my name of Yudke Vavke. This is because the name of Yudke Vavke is a certain level that the Avos knew about, but they never experienced. They never needed Yudke Vavke. They dealt with Alev Hey Yud Hey. They dealt with Elohim. They dealt with Shak Shindalad Yud. They didn't need Yudke Vavke. They didn't need that name, the way the Panam Yafos is saying it, the Hafla is saying it. They knew what it represented, they just didn't need it. When Yaakov realized what Yudke Vavke was by seeing in the dream, he said, Whoa, Anochilo Yadati. I didn't know. Literally had no idea. But once he saw the Racham of Hashem, when he saw how everything went, that's that. And I want you to think of the dream as this way. If he's looking at the dream as a ladder with Malachim going up and down, and the Malachim representing the nations of the world going up, and some of them coming back down, and others like Edom going up and up and up, etc. He's looking at Gullus. He is watching the span of time. He's seeing with his own eyes Golos Mitzrayim and everything that happens to his kids in Mitzrayim itself. Their assimilation, the eventual slavery, and everything that happens there. As it went past, 
He saw Golus Babel. He saw the things that were going to happen by the Shoftim. He saw the Avodah Zarah they're going to go under. He saw the Malachim. He saw what was going to happen in Golus Babel. He saw Paras and Madai. He saw what was going to happen by Yavan. And of course, he saw Edom as well. He saw what was going to happen by our Golus Edom for the 2,000 years. And after all of that, Yaakov Inu sees at the end that a Kaddish Baruch was standing on top, that a Kaddish Baruch was on top of everything. He sees the whole plan. And he stops and he says, Anochi lo yadati. I had no idea. I had no idea how awesome our Kaddish Baruch Hu is. We can't see that plan because we have no idea. We look at the world and we see crusades, obviously the, the Inquisition, the Holocaust, all the pogroms, the horrible things that happen to Jews. And we sit there and we say to ourselves, why? At Kaddish Baruch Hu, we don't get it. Even at the end of the day, we don't get it. You're going to explain to me why the Holocaust had to happen? You can give reason after reason. And yes, Rav Victor Miller is an awesome safer on why the Holocaust happened. For those who are willing to read it, who want to read such a thing, I get it. But the point is, we can't get all of it until we see the full plan being coming into fruition. And then we'll see, oh, this does make sense now. Yaakov saw it and said, I had no idea. But now I get how awesome it is. I knew God was here. I knew God was involved. I knew there's a reason. But that's the concept that the Panam Yafos and the way that I think that Ksavah Kabbalah is trying to understand it, that's the idea behind it. As well as the Meshachachma. If you check out the Meshachachma, he says that as well. Ibn Ezra says there are certain places throughout the world where miracles happen. And there's no rhyme or reason behind it. And I think we all understand that. There are certain places that are holier than others. And there are certain places that unfortunately are filled with Tuma more than others itself. Of course, he could have received this Nebuah anywhere. It's possible. But he was more especially inclined to get a Nebuah in this place because of the Makom. So when Yaakovina woke up, he said, I didn't realize how holy this place was. It was a place where I easily could have gotten Nebuah and I didn't realize. This Forno says, what's well, just Dominaria? We know there's something about Eretz Yisrael. Baba Basra, Kupnun Chesim Abay says, Avir de Eretz Yisrael Mechakim. The airspace of Eretz Yisrael makes one smarter. What does that mean? All of a sudden your brain capacity is there? Could there be empirical studies, the way my brain waves work when I'm in America versus how I work in Eretz Yisrael? That's not what it means. It means that one is spiritually more inclined in Eretz Yisrael because that's what the way Eretz Yisrael is, even with some of the tumor that's been brought into Eretz Yisrael. It's still more special. It still has something special to it. This Sforno says, this area was perfect for receiving a dream. And maybe that's so even nowadays. Maybe it's true that in the Makoma Mikdash, if a person would go to sleep, and we can't, obviously we can't, but if a person would go to sleep in this place, it's more, per, I, I guess, perceptible to a person to be able to see something which he wouldn't have seen otherwise. The Torah Moore says, throughout Tanakh, we see there are great people great people in Tuma and great people in Kedusha that have seen dr- dreams and are often very confused about their meaning. They're not sure exactly what it means. For example, the Sarah open the Sarah Mashkim wake up and immediately they're confused. They're confused. They don't know what to do with themselves. Yosef Atzadik has to explain the dream to them. Paro and Nebuchadnezzar are very upset. Paro has his dream. He's upset. He goes back to sleep. He wakes back up. Nebuchadnezzar is very, very upset. Right? The idea behind it, even Daniel didn't understand the whole dream. Because again, Daniel's trying to tell us when Mashiach is going to come. And Daniel does not, I don't know if I want to say not succeed in doing so, but Daniel is not allowed to do so. He's not allowed to tell us that something was happening. So even Daniel didn't understand the entire dream of what was going to happen with the future Gullahs. When Yaakov woke up and felt calm, and I know earlier we said he was scared, but there was a calmness in which he felt in awe of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. No one needed to translate the dream for him. He got everything on his own. He realized it was mina shamayim for a Kaddish Baruch Hu to let him know what he needed to know. So what was Anochi Leidati? Again, says the Torah more, he wasn't a Navi Mephursim. Elio and Elisha were Nevi'im Mephursim. 
Avramino received quite a few nebuahs in his lifetime. Yaakovino wasn't used to this. It's his first time. The same way Shmuel Anavi heard somebody saying, Shmuel, Shmuel, and he thought it was Ailey calling him from the other room. He had no idea that it was a nebuah. Shmuel was sitting there saying, Rebbe, you wanted me. What did you say? He's like, it's not me. Ailey kept saying four times, it's not me. This is a Kurdish Baruch calling out to you, he finally says. Yaakovino had no idea this is a real nebuah. So he said, he woke up and he said, I am not in a state to receive Nebuah. I didn't prepare for it. I'm not ready for this. I never thought I was going to get it. I'm exhausted from traveling. I'm sad and tired waiting to hear what happens with Asav and Lavan. Eliphaz just took my money away from me. So I'm upset about that. How was I able to receive a Nebuah? It must be this place is special. It's got to be the place that gave it to me. That's what he said in Nochle I knew I could get a Nebuah if I prepared myself. But I didn't know that I could get a Nebuah even if I don't prepare myself. That's the awesomeness behind it. The Chidah says, it seems strange. Anokhil Yadati sounds like I never knew about this mountain. I never knew about this place. Come on. You don't think Avram Yinu told him about the Akedah? You don't think Yaakov knew about the Akedah or about Haram Oriya? You don't think any point in 77 years of Yaakov's life, he never went to the Makom Amikdash where they knew the Haram Oriya was a special area? And never, and remember, it wasn't that big of a trip from where they were in Be'er Sheva or Hebron. Never did they take Yaakov in to go visit the area? It's hard to understand. Very hard to understand. The Chidah asked that question. There are answers. There are answers. But the Chidah says something crazy. He says the reason why they didn't go there is because they thought it was treated as a place of Avodah Zarah. Do you remember that the idea of child sacrifice was done by many of the Ovdei of Avodah at the time? Now, Avram Avinu obviously did not and was not involved in Akedi Sitzchak in killing Yitzchak. But those who worshipped Avodah Zarah were strengthened by the Akeda. He said, see, God wants you to sacrifice your kid. Just not Yitzchak because he was special. But everybody else, you should sacrifice your kid. He even asked Avram to do so. Yaakov was afraid that people were going up to Haramoria and using it for Tuma and bringing their kids and sacrificing them and saying, God, if you don't want me to sacrifice them, tell me now, all right, and sacrifice their kid one after the other, thinking that that was the right thing to do, thinking that Avramina was told not to, let's see what happens. And that's where Moloch started as well, Balbris, etc. Balbris, the form of the Avodazara that's mentioned in Shoftim. They thought that it was a legitimate thing, a normal thing for them to be able to do. So that Chidah says, no, 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 the dream showed him, never did anyone go to Haramaria and copy the Akedah. They might have thought of doing so, but a Kaddish Baruch kept Haramaria separate. The Kaddish Baruch made sure that Haramaria was not touched for hundreds of years to make sure that nothing would happen until B'nai Yisrael came and built the base of Mikdash on that area. There was special hashkacha that a Kaddish Baruch made there. Says the Chidah, it happened on purpose. So why didn't Yaakov go back? Why did Yaakov not realize? Why didn't Yaakov go to this? Anokhel Yadati said, I had no idea that it wasn't used for evil. I had no idea that it still was a special mountain and it still retains its holiness. I thought it was used for or abused for evil. Yeah. Why was he here? Why was who? Oh, we said the way that Rashi puts it is that he bypassed it on his way to Haran. And then he said, you know what? I should have stopped by the Makom and Mikdash on my way out. And he turned back and then Kfit said, Derek happened and he found himself there and the land folded beneath him, etc. That's the only reason why he was there. And then Hashem set the sun so that he had to sleep there, etc. But that's Rashi's special idea, right? That he brings down based on the Midrashim. We already went to the Orachim Kaddish, which is awesome. There's an Itziv as well as an Igritakala. If you want to look up the Igritakala, it is amazing. On Anochi and Lo. Lo Yadati is amazing. Anochi Lo Yadati. Guys, Anochi is the first word of the Sarasadibros. Lo is the first word of the second Divor. 
So Anochi Elo Yadati is what he was trying to say. It's an unreal Igurdakala. We just don't have time to go through it. It is a crazy one. Ramosha Feinstein says there's an unbelievable lesson to be learned over here, and I think this is really special. If it really was Usher to sleep in such a place, we would have seen Yaakov do tshuva sometime later on in life. It couldn't have been Usher. Because again, Ruvain did tshuva for what he did with, Bila's, with uh, Leah's bed, right? For many, many years. For Yaakov's bed, I'm sorry. For many, many years. He was doing tshuva till the end of his life. That's what Yaakovino did. He did it for many years, thinking he had to do tshuva. If this was truly an Avera, truly an Avera, even if it was an Ones, even if he did it accidentally, he would have done tshuva for the rest of his life. Since he didn't, it must be that a Kodesh Baruch wanted to sleep in this place. What was the lesson, says Ramosha? Ramosha asks this in Darash Moshe, what was the lesson that he had to do? Again, he had just spent 14 years learning day and night. He never slept for 14 years in Yeshiva Zaver, sitting there day and night, not, barely eating, barely drinking, barely sleeping, just surviving, surviving and going through everything he needed to go through over here. I want you to pay attention to this because this is one of the best things. Yaakov Avinu and maybe a few other people can do that. Who can do that? 14 years straight learning without eating, drinking, or sleeping normally. Who in the world can do that? No one is expected to do that. That's a Reb Shimon Bar Yochai thing that no one but a Reb Shimon can get involved in something like that. The Torah, says Ramosha, was given to us in our natural state, which means it's normal and expected to eat, drink, sleep, and do everything else that our body tells us to do. That's a normal thing. Therefore, Hashem made sure that Yaakov saw that when he left Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, he got his nevuah when he left. He got his nevuah when he came to Amakam Kadosh and sleep there. Do you hear the idea? Sleep there. This is expected. This is normal. And when you sleep in a place, that's when you'll get your nevuah. 14 years of learning straight without eating, sleeping, or, 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 eating, sleeping or, drink, or drinking. He wasn't able to get a nevuah. And when he's ready to go to work and he goes to sleep normally, all of a sudden he gets a nevuah. That's the line that Ramosha wants to learn from over here, that there's a level to this. What does that mean for us? You can be an Oved Hashem. You could be a Talmud Chacham, who are also Osik B'tzor Aguf, who are also dealing with the needs of your daily body, of your daily needs. That's normal. Yaakov said, Enochi lo yadati. I thought that if you want to learn, you've got to be full learning. I thought it meant 24-7. I thought it meant that you can't sleep. I thought it meant you can't eat and drink. And that's the only way to be a Talmud Chacham. Anochi lo yadati, says Ramosha, I had no idea you could serve Hashem properly by being a normal human being. Is that awesome? That's an unreal Ramosha. There's chashivus to even the people that are not sitting and learning all day long. Even the people that are acting normal and learning when they can, even they are kashiv in the eyes of Hashem. That's anochi lo yadati. That's what Ramosha says is being learned out from this puzzle over here. Now, to add to this, I'm mentioning the Balaturim. The Balaturim says, based on the Medrash Rabbah and Samach Tazvav, he's Samach Zayin, I'm sorry, that says, this should be read, not Mishnaso, Vayikatz Yaakov Mishnaso, Yaakov got up from his sleep, Vayikatz Yaakov Mimishnaso, from his learning. He woke up from his learning. If a person is constantly learning as much as he can, then he'll never stop learning even in his sleep. The Balaturim says that even his dreams will be dreams of learning. And here's what it means by that. If a person wants to learn, and sometimes he can and usually he can't because he's got work, he's got family, he's got to do stuff. He can't just get involved in his everything else. He's got stuff to do during the day. Then even if you're not involved in learning, if your head is, I want to learn, I just can't all the time, then you're filled with learning even when you're asleep. You're filled with learning even when you're working. You're filled with learning at any point, the Balaturim is saying. Every point, your whole day is filled with learning, even though you can't do it. That's the idea behind this medrash. And the Ksav Sofer, I think, says it exactly this way. He says, when he went to sleep, 
it's like the Arizal sleeping. His sleeping was a mitzvah. His sleeping was a mitzvah. Because the only reason he went to sleep is L'shem Shemayim so he could wake up and learn some more when he got up. The only reason a person goes to work is because he wants to be able to learn when he possibly can. I have a person that I know like this. A person who ran, started his own business. Did very well for himself. Well enough to be able to buy a house, have a nice car for him and his wife. Is able to pay full tuition. He does amazing things. He only works for four and a half hours a day. And he goes to Kolo. He learns for about seven to eight hours a day. Now, could he build up that business and make it an eight, nine hour, 10 hour business and make $500,000 instead of $250,000 or $300,000? Could he do that? Without a question. Could he hire people to be able to help him, to be able to go through it? There's no question. But his goal is, his, this is his goal. This is a real person, somebody I'm very, very close with. Might be a relative of mine. But his goal is, I want to learn. I want to sit and learn. I want to sit and learn. But I need to make a parnasa. I want to pay full tuition for my kids and I want to do everything. So he started a business, made sure it would work, made it through, and then does what he needs to do in order to get through, to do what he has. And Baruch Hashem, it's worked out beautifully to be able to learn for that many hours a day. Not everybody can do that, obviously. Not everybody can be their own boss and make their own business and work and have it work out perfectly. He was matzliach enough to be able to do it. Says the Ksav Sofer, that's what Mishnaso means. Vayikatsiak Mishnaso, Mim Mishnaso, from his learning means, if you're sitting there, if you're at sleep of Mishnaso, where you want to get into your Mishnais, where you want to be into learning, and you're, t- you're going to sleep in order to do your Avodah Hashem later, and you're working in order to finish your Avodah Hashem later, and everything is about the Avodah Hashem, everything's about that, then everything's there. My wife told me this morning, she said, there was a mistake that happened in her school. What happened? So she's the, I don't want to call social worker, I don't know what she is, student advisor, what do you call? I don't know, she's basically a therapist. Okay, either way, regardless. So she, she's working at the school, and uh, th- there was a mistake made. The mistake was that they told them this morning to save the same Talmah in their Dava. Now, because it's a leap year this coming up year, the same Talmah is not December 4th, the same Talmah is by Mariv of December 5th. Tonight, when we dive in Mariv, we're going to say the same Talmah But they made a mistake and they thought it was December 4th. So this morning, right, the lady got up there and the lady said, right, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. If you said the same Talmah you've got to repeat your Shemona Astra. If you said the same Talmah They made a mistake and they told everybody to do it and then told everybody don't do it, etc. So a person went up to my wife, right? Now, I have four kids that need to get out of the house, all little kids, right? And went up to my wife and said, did you say Vesein Talmud Bracha this morning? So my wife answered truthfully, no. <laughs> she was saying to herself, she didn't ask me if I'd have Shema Nesra. I didn't do that either. But I didn't say Vesein Talmud Bracha. She said, oh good, you don't have to repeat your Shema Nesra. My wife was like, phew. Okay, that works out well. That works out well. So she came to me later and she said, you know, it's kind of upsetting. I didn't say Shema Nesra. I felt bad that I couldn't even do that. I said, but the whole point of this time, right, was that it's not like you woke up at 9 o'clock, rolled out of bed, like, in your PJs, and then all of a sudden, like, put on your clothes and went to work. You know what I'm saying? She woke up at 6.30, was taking care of the kids, made sure they all got out of the house, made sure everything was happening, was working nonstop until that point, got to work, right, and then had to work from 9 o'clock until whatever. It's not like she had time to be able to go. We men are lucky enough that we have the time to be able to go to Minyan in, mor- in the morning and to get our chakras done. Women, because it's Mitzvah Seishim Azmangramo, are not chayiv in it. The greatest tzedekos, and I'm not saying my wife is not a tzedekos, different type of tzedekos, right? The greatest tzedekos find the time to be able to push in a Shemona Esrei. I said, that's not your job. The concept over here is exactly that says Ksav Sofer. If L'Shem Shemayim, you're doing what you need to do to get through the day, that is exactly what a Kaddish Baruch expects from you. That's what it's like living in this world. That's the idea of Rav Moshe. You're doing it for the right reasons. So even if you're not able to do what you really want to do, that's 
that's not, an, that's not an issue. That's not an issue. You did everything you could have. There is an amazing Arugas Abosum here. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to. If anybody has the Arugas Abosum at home, do you have this safer? Unreal. How he talks about the Notrikun of Anochi. Of Anochi. The abbreviation of Anochi means Ananafshi Ksavis Yahavis. I'm highly, highly recommending to look up that Arugas Abosum because it's probably one of the better, better Divrei Torah. We'll see if we can come back to it. The Kedal explains this measure in a different way, however. He says, if sleep refers to Golos, then waking up from one's sleep refers to the Gula. And he says following, what will cause the Gula to come? Learning. Vayikatz Yaakov Mishnaso means Yaakov woke up the Gula Mishnaso from his learning. By learning and getting involved in anything you can, whenever you can, that's how it ends up coming. The, the, the Radomsker, the Tefer Shlomo says, based on this matter, the great Sedekim are woken up by their Nishamos in order to daven and sing shiros and praises to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and also to learn. That's why, you should know, by the way, that safer that I put out that's called Ma'ori Yashenim is exactly based on this idea. Ma'ori Yashenim is to wake up those who are sleeping to be able to get yourself up. The line is, and it's also the shot behind the Gemara and Brachos when it says that the last three hours, the last four hours of the, the time at night is when the wife wakes up her husband and talks to him. This concept of HaKadosh Baruch waking up the person. Yaakovino understood that sometimes the Shekhinah itself wants a person to wake up from his sleep in order to go learn. Hopefully we're zilka to this. Where we're sitting and sleeping, we're having a nice shluf, right? And all of a sudden HaKadosh Baruch wakes us up and we don't know why, but we're wide awake. It's an opportunity to be able to learn a little bit more than you would have otherwise. It's an opportunity to do something which you wouldn't have been able to do because you woke up, you were able to do that. Says it to Shlomo. I realized that a Kurdish Baruch was here, but I had no idea. I had no idea that my learning was that important that's out there. The Malay Aron says it all refers to the Korban itself, which is awesome. There's an unbelievable idea behind it, but we're not going to be able to go through that right now. I'm going to end with this idea. Again, to go through, there's another Balaturim that says regarding Tefillah Seabor, and that's something that I also think is important to be able to go through over here, and I might come back to it. But over here, there's also a Tefer Shlomo and a Teres Yeshua and a Magad Mezrich. The Rabbeinu Ephraim says the word Ve'anochi, Ve'anochi lo yadati, is the same gematria as Ve'kiseh, 87. So Anochi is Kiseh. Okay, 87. Paz. The same amount of words as in Baruch Shamar. Anochi, Kisei, and Baruch Shamar. Yaakov saw a glimpse of the Kisei covered in the heavens. The throne of glory in the heavens. That's what he saw. And that's when he was in this place, he was able to look up and see the Kisei covered. Now you have one of the greatest Divrei Torah of all time. The Nitzutze Shimshim Shimshim Yastropolia says, In Yechesko, the Chayos HaKodesh, the angels that are carrying the Merkava, the chariot of God, those Chayos HaKodesh, have four faces. Four faces. Each face represents a king of this world. One is an Aryeh, the king of the Chayos, a lion. One is a Nesher, an eagle, the king of the birds, uh, or Griffin Volter, right? One is an Adam, the king over everything else. And the fourth one is a Shor, the king of the domestic animals, the bull, okay? Now at some point, that switched. According to the, there's a Pasuk in the it's brought down in different places. It's brought down that it's a Kruv instead of a Shore. But because by the Egel Azov, right, when they worshipped the Egel Azov, they didn't want a Shore on the Kisya Kav, which would be a constant reminder of the Egel. So they took out the Shore and they put up a Kruv. Don't ask me how that happens. But it's that Ella Bukar Ratz Avram, to the cattle Avram ran to change it from a Shore into a Kruv. That's what they say. It says come right over there. So the Shore is taken out. So you have a Kruv, a Nesher, an Adam and an Aryeh. Says in Itzut Shemshem. He says, Achain Yeshashem b'makom When he looked up to the heavens and he saw the Kisya Kavod on top, 
with the Chayos HaKodesh and the four faces of the Chayos representing the four sides of the Kisya Kavod. He saw an Aryeh and an Adam. He saw a Kruv and an Esher. Achein, Achein, the Aleph is Aryeh Adam. The Chaf is Kruv. And the Nun is Nesher. Achein, that I see. I can see the Aryeh and Adam, I can see the Kruv and I see the Nesher and I understand that. That I understand. I understood and I knew that such a thing was up there. But Anochi Lo Yadati means the following. There's a Gemara in Bamitzia that Yaakov Avinu was the Shufra de Adam Arisham. That the beauty of Adam Arisham you could see in Yaakov. When you looked at Yaakov, you were looking at the beauty of Adam. Which means Adam Arisham really looked like Yaakov. So when he looked up the Kisekavod and he saw Adam, what did he see? He saw his own face. He saw Yaakov up there. Anochi, that I'm up there, Lo Yadati. That I didn't know. Aryeh, Nesher, Kruv, Yaakov is Anochi. Aryeh, Nesher, Kruv, Yaakov. That, well, Yadati, I had no idea that I'm up there. I had no idea that I'm up there. So why does Yaakov need to know that he's on the Kisei? Why is that important? Who cares? Let's say it was an Adam, Aryeh, Kruv, Nesher. Does he need to know that he's up there? Is that so important for Yaakov to know that he was up on top? Yaakov saw the other nations represented by their angels climbing up and down the ladder. All the nations. He saw one nation, one Malach climbing up 52 steps. That was Maldai and Paras. He saw another nation that was climbing up 100 steps. It was supposed to be Yavan. He saw another nation climbing up whatever it was, 210 Mitzrayim. He saw Edom climbing up and up and up. That he asked, oh my gosh, is that Malach ever going to come down? And Akash Baruch who promised him eventually the Malach of Edom will come down. But he saw the Malach going up and down the ladder. And then he said, what about me? Where's Klal Yisrael? Is Klal Yisrael going to be in this forever? Are we on the ladder as well? Are we going to go up and then go down? What's going to happen to Klal Yisrael, he said? Are we on the same level or are we going to be something different? So Kodesh Baruch said, no, 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 no. B'nai Yisrael are different. Klal Yisrael is completely different. I myself am watching over them. You're not on the ladder going up and down like those Malachamar of the other nations. You're on the Kisya Kavod, which is above the ladder, so that only I am on top of that, so to speak. Where Kadosh Baruch himself is taking care of B'nai Yisrael, which is Yaakov on the Kisya Kavod. You're not a Malach. There is no Malach for Klal Yisrael. I am taking care of Klal Yisrael. So on purpose, the Kisya Kavod was put on top. On purpose, everything was there. He's under the Memshala, the rulership of the Chayos and the Kisya Kavod. He was above all that, above everything there. He was on the Kisya himself. He is Yaakovinus. So when Yaakovinus saw that, he said, Anochi lo yadati. I thought I had a Malach. I thought it was Michael. I thought it was Gabriel. Maybe Rafael or Uriel. Maybe it was one of those. He had no idea that he was above all the Malachim. That's what he saw when he looked up at the Kisya covenant and he realized the awesomeness of Klau Yisrael there. Rav Wolfson says something even crazier. He says, when did he see this dream of the Kisya covenant With him on the Kisya covenant When he's lying on the ground lying down on the ground with rocks surrounding his head because he's afraid of wild animals, lying on the ground in a state where he had lost all his money to Eliphaz, running away from, a- from Esau, running to Lava, not knowing what he's going to come to. At this point, when he feels down and out, when he feels like a piece of garbage, at this point, when Yaakov thinks nothing good is going on in my life, at this point, guess what happens? At this point, a Kaddish Baruch who reaches out and says, I've got you there. I'm going to put you up on the Kisya Kavod. When he's down and out, Hashem puts him on the Kisya Kavod. That I couldn't believe. Says Ravosin, Anochi lo yodati. You know what I didn't know? I had no idea that Hashem would come down this low. I didn't know God would meet me here. I thought a Kaddish Baruch needed me to rise up. 
I thought I had to be all the way up there in order for God to be with me. But to say, as we say often, that when you hit rock bottom, HaKadosh Baruch who's there with you, that I had no idea. I couldn't imagine such a thing was so. Couldn't imagine such a thing. That's what he meant when he said I couldn't believe it. And that's why when Yosef at Tzadik had his dream later on in Parshish Miket, um, I'm sorry, Parshish Vayeshev, when Yosef at Tzadik had his dream, Yaakov pays close attention to it. Do you remember what the second dream was? I'm not dealing with the bowing of the sheaves. The second dream was that Yosef Atzadik was standing and who was bowing down to him? The second dream. What was bowing down to him? Come on, guys, you know. The sun, moon, and stars, right? Sun, moon, and stars. How does a sun bow? Anybody want to tell me that? How does a sun bow? A sun, a big circle goes like that? What is it to? It's a ball. I'm sorry? It sets. That's the set. Which means the sun comes down to you. The sun goes down to where you're lying. Said Yosef Atatik from his dream. You know what my dream means? That the sun, the moon, and the stars were bowing down to me? God is going to come to me even when I'm lower on the ground and I have nothing left. Still, HaKadosh Baruch is going to come to me. When I feel like I'm a piece of garbage, HaKadosh Baruch is going to come to me. And Yaakov, you know, when the brothers looked at it and said, how in the world is that true that Kaddish Baruch is going to come to you when you're all the way on the ground? But Yaakov, you know, looked at it and said, wait a second. You know why? He saw the same thing in his dream. The same thing. He's lying on the ground and a Kaddish Baruch comes to him. He sees the exact same thing. And that's exactly what the dream meant. When did the Kisei HaKavod come down to Yosef HaTzadik? When he was with Ashes Potiphar and about to sin and lose it all. When Yosef had hit rock bottom, the Kisya Kavod visits Yosef Atzadik and says, no, I'll save you. And that's what Yaakov Avinu's face represents. It wasn't Yaakov Avinu's face by itself, but a disembodied face shaking his head at him. It was the Kisya Kavod coming down to Yosef when he needs it the most. That is such an awesome idea. Such an awesome idea. And the Tzitzit Shemshin says it's all hinted. by Yeah, I knew about those, but Anochi, me, that I'm involved, that I should be involved. I had no idea that such a thing could possibly be. There's so much more over here. I could have given an entire year based on the Chassam Sofer that's in this week's Parsha. There's an amazing Chassam Sofer. But unfortunately, we don't have that much time. So, Shkayach, everybody. Thanks for coming, and we'll see you later. Have a great Shabbos.